series, Unshakable, the call to be different. And that is uh, one thing that God has called his followers to be, is he has called us to be different than everybody else. And so that, of course, is it sounds good, but that is a great challenge for us. And so if you have your Bible today, we're going to be looking in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look in verse number 11, starting off there. And so if you have your Bible and you're like, hey, where is where is that? Uh, Go all the way to the right of your Bible, turn a little bit back to your left, and you're going to run into 1 Peter, or you can go to your table of contents, either one works. Uh, But it's a really interesting passage of Scripture, and the the focus today is on if we're going to be different, then one thing we are called to be is we are called to be separate. And so we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, But one of my my favorite things to do is I I really like to go places. I like to go to places, especially places that are historically significant. I, I love history. It fascinates me. And so two of the, the uh, greatest places I've been to that I really have enjoyed, uh, Emily and I, years ago, by ourselves, we went to, uh, we went to Greece, and, uh, and I, that was a great place. And we went there. All this, of course, there's a ton of history there. And uh, we, we went to Athens, and we went up to the, the Parthenon, uh, you know, one of, those, one of the oldest buildings in the world. So we were up there, and I, you know, I'm blown away. You know, think that this place has been here, like, forever and I'm standing there and, and just knowing of all the great people that have come through there. And then my other, probably my favorite place of all places is Israel. I mean, every time I go there, I am blown away. And so uh, one, one of my favorite places when we go there is the Sea of Galilee. And so we always take a boat ride when we're on the Sea of Galilee. And I'm still trying to figure out how I can go fishing, you know, while I'm there. But it hadn't worked out yet. But every time we are on that boat, I love, I love looking out on the water and I, I, I am amazed when I start thinking of all the events that took place on the Sea of Galilee. One, one of the most incredible things that took place there uh, happened. The, the guy we're looking at today, Peter, was on the boat when it happened. But y'all remember what, what Jesus did on the Sea of Galilee, one of the big miracles? He walked on water. And I'm sitting there, and I'm on the boat, and I'm looking out, and I'm thinking, how incredible is it that I, here I'm, I'm sitting on a boat, and I am looking out at water that Jesus actually walked on. So I love I loved the idea of traveling. I like going into all these places. But there are a few things that I really don't like about traveling. Uh, one of them is I hate, I hate getting ready for the trip. You know, I hate packing for the trip. I'm still trying. I am the worst packer of all time. You know, I'm still trying to figure out we're going to Israel in December of this year for 10 days. I want to figure out how I can only bring two outfits that will fit in my backpack that will last for 10 days because I do not like carrying luggage. I hate it. Uh, and then the other thing I can't stand about traveling is, uh, you know, I like being there. I don't like the going part. And I do not like to be on a plane. And because it is, I mean, it's a, gosh, the, the guy who invented the airplane seat, that guy could have, he could have come up with any cure for any disease in the world, but instead he decided to use his mind to create a seat that no one can get comfortable in. Would you all agree with that? It's absolutely horrible. And so there's just a lot of things about traveling that I don't enjoy, but there's some things that I do enjoy. But today we are are continuing our series, and this is going to hopefully make a little bit of sense why I told those stories. Uh, we We are continuing our series, Unshakable, The Call to Be Different. 
And the fact is that in this life, we are on a trip. We are on a journey. It is the journey of life. But what's important for us to remember is that we are just, we are just simply passing through. We are on a journey. We are passing through. So what the Bible tells us, 1 Chronicles 29, 15 says, For we live before you as foreigners and temporary residents in your presence, as were all our ancestors. And it says, And our days on earth are like a shadow. So we're just passing through. But as we pass through, we're to be different. As we pass through as God's people, we are to live lives differently than everybody else. And so this is why the scripture today is going to be helpful for us. Uh, The disciple Peter wrote a letter to a group of people saying, you're just passing through, but I want to give you some travel tips as you pass through this life so that you can be different than the way everybody else lives. And so what he teaches them, I really believe it still applies to us today. And so that's why we're going to look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. And uh, this letter was written by, of course, the disciple Peter. He wrote it to a group of Christians who were both Jewish and they were Gentile Christians. They were living in what is now modern-day Turkey. And uh, in that country, during this time, the believers, they were, they were undergoing persecution because of their faith. I mean, they were having really difficult days. And so Peter's writing this letter to encourage them. He's letting them know, I mean, this is a really difficult time in your life, but I want you to remember, you're just, you're just passing through this life. So travel well as you do it. And so the lessons he teaches apply to us, and he gives out some travel tips. He said, if you're going to be different than everybody else, then here's some travel tips for you. And here's where he starts out. So first of all, the first tip he gives is this. Realize that you are a visitor. As we go through this life, and if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, you are a visitor in this world. And what, is that, what does that mean? Well, look with me in verse 11. Peter wrote, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and temporary residents to abstain from fleshly desires that were against you. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that in a case when they speak against you as those who do evil, they may, by observing, observing your good works, glorify God in a day of visitation. Now Peter starts off verse number 11, he's speaking to Christians, and he says, as you are journeying in this life, he says, here's what you are. He says, you are aliens and temporary residents. What does that mean? It means we don't belong here. It means this is not this is not our permanent place, our final destination of life, because we don't live here forever. As a matter of fact, this world that we are in right now, it is all temporary. Everything about us is temporary. The Bible teaches us this in 1 Corinthians 7:31. It says, For this world in its current form is passing away. Now, where we get in trouble a lot, where I get in trouble, is when I start thinking that this place is my final destination. And so I can get involved in this life so much that I start investing everything I have in the stuff of this world. And that's a big mistake. Now, let me, let me ask you all this. How many of you all have, have maybe like in the last year or two have moved? How many of you all have recently moved? That's quite a few of you. Uh, now, this is fresh on my mind as well because Emily and I we just moved back in August and uh, so when we were making that move you know you have to you know you have to pack stuff up and get it out of your house 
Here's what amazes me. When you start to move, if you haven't moved in a long time like us, it's amazing how much stuff you accumulate. You're like, oh my gosh, where do we, what is all this stuff we've got? And, you know, and we found it to be really important at the time. You know, when you get it, you're like, you work hard to get certain stuff. And then when you move, you're like, why did we ever get that? You know, I'm looking at Emily going, I mean, do we really need this stuff? You know, can, do we really need to bring our children with us? You know, I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird. And you're like, all this stuff that we invest in, it's really just excessive stuff. Well, in a similar light, it would be well for us to remember that, y'all, we are just passing through this world. And if we keep that in mind, then it will keep us from weighing ourselves down with so much stuff from this world that the world tells us, I mean, you've got to have that because it's really important. You've got to have that in your life because it will make your life better. And that's why Peter wrote in this verse, he said, abstain from fleshly desires. And, and I found that phrase, it was an interesting phrase, and so I, I looked up that word abstain and what it means. That word abstain, it means to not permit your mind to show hospitality. So, so for the things of this world, and he speaks of fleshly desires, and he's speaking of a lot of different things, but things that please the flesh, he says don't welcome those things into your mind. Don't give them a place of residence in your life. And you say, well, what's wrong with doing that? Because if you do that, then you're bringing stuff into your life and you're paying a lot of t- attention to stuff in your life that's only temporary. It's not going to fill you up. It's not going to satisfy you. When he says fleshly desires, you can think of a lot of different things there. I know, I've seen people before, they're like, I've got, I, I want to go after this person. I'm in a marriage relationship, but I want to go after this person because it will make me feel better. I tell you, it never works out. Never makes you feel better. I see destruction all the time through relationships like that where homes are destroyed. I see people who say, if I just get more of this, more of these material things and more of these finances, then it's going it's to improve my life. And so I see them sacrifice those things that are so important in order to get more stuff, and in the end, their lives are vacant. So Peter says, abstain from, from those things because they will wage war against you. That word war in our text, it's not speaking of hand-to-hand combat. It's speaking of a planned military exercise. What's, what's that all about? Well, Peter's saying that what, what the devil's going to do is he's going to throw all these earthly things at you to see which ones you'll take in. And it, with those things that you begin to take in, he said, then all of a sudden that allows Satan to have a beachhead in your life and he will begin a military operation to bring you down in your life one sin at a time until you were destroyed. It's sort of like, to me, it's like, it's like cotton candy. If you ever go to any of our church events, we have a cotton candy machine. Some of y'all have had the great privilege of making it. It's amazing how it just sticks all over you. But, you know, whenever you get finished making the cotton candy, you know, it's this big, fluffy stuff. It's just pink. Usually it's pink or blue. And it doesn't it look good? You know, that looks so good. And you just look at it. And you think, if I, if I, whenever I get a hold of that and I just, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it, it's just going to fill my cheeks up. You know, with just so, you know, cotton candy, I'm going to be able to chew on it all day. And you take a bite out of it, what, what happens? It dissolves. Y'all know that and y'all, y'all still eat it. You know, and you think, because you think every time it's going to be different. It never is. 
And so you bite into it, and it's so disappointing. That's sin. You know, that's sin is big and fluffy, and it looks so good. You know, when I bite into it this time, it's going to fill me up, and you bite into it, and it's just gone. And, and, and we, we, we bite into it, and, and we are so disappointed. I've seen some people, and they think, you know, the, I, the, there's people who have treated me wrong, and I'm going to get revenge, and I'm going to get my justice finally. Let me tell you something. You go out and you do it, and you do it a few times, you realize it never satisfies. doesn't fill that hole that's in your heart. Now, why is that? Well, for you, especially as believers, here it is. This isn't your home. You're never going to be satisfied here. You know, I, I, I like to travel. I know some of you like to, you know, you like to go on vacation, go to those really neat places. But what happens after you've been there just for a little while? You know what happens? Can't wait to go back home. Y'all ever have this? I can't wait. When I've been gone for a while, I can't wait to get back to my own bed. Man, I just want to get back to my own bed. It's a great place. I can't wait to go home. Uh, when we were in Israel, after 10 days, you know what I'm thinking? I can't wait to eat a hamburger. You know, just a regular good old American meal. And so there's all those things. Now, why is that? It's because those other places, they're not my home. And so Peter says, if you're going to travel well through this life, he said, remember, you're, you're just a visitor. You're just passing through. So if we're going to travel well through life, remember, you are a visitor. You belong to the Lord. You don't belong here. But then another tip that he gives is this. If you're going to travel well in this life and you're going to be different, he said, then, then respect respect where you live. Res and in particular, respect the law. Verse 13 says, Submit to every human institution because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For it is God's will that you, by doing good, silence the ignorance of foolish people. As God's slaves live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.20, the Apostle Paul told us, we are therefore Christ ambassadors. That means as Christians, while we live here, we are to represent Jesus. And so I think a question is, well, how, if that's true, then how good of a job am I doing representing Jesus while I live here? Do I do a good job of that? Do I, am, I, am I really an ambassador for Christ? Now, the Bible tells me that my citizenship, you know, I don't belong here, as we talked about in that, that very first point. My citizenship as a believer, it is not here, it's in heaven. Okay, Philippians 3.20 tells us our citizenship is in heaven. And so if I'm here, then that means I'm in a foreign country and I represent Jesus while I live here. So if I'm going to be in good stead with the community in which I live, one of the things that I am called to do as Christ's ambassador is to respect the place where I live, to respect the law. Now, whenever we don't, if you want to lose respect as Christians, one of the things that, that we can do, and many of us have done it well, or many ministries have done it well, is we, we go outside of the law and we steal and lie and, and then what happens is it ends up hurting the reputation of, of Christ's people. Now the people in our text being written to, they understood what it meant to be misunderstood. You know, Christianity was not the dominant religion of this day. Paganism was. And so the, the world looked at Christians as being weird. And I'll be honest with you, y'all, we are weird. But here's why they thought they were weird. 
You know, young Christians, they get together and they have secret meetings. You know, they meet on Sundays. And they all gather together. And not only that, there was a rumor in this day that was going around about Christians. And it was this, that Christians were cannibals. Did y'all know that? That was a view that people had. Christians were cannibals. You know why they had that view? The Lord's Supper. You know, when we, y'all, when we take the Lord's Supper, we say the, the bread, what does it represent? The body of Christ. The wine, the juice, it represents the blood of Christ. Okay, we know that. Now, the world did not hear that it represented. What they heard was when they get together, you know what they do? They eat flesh and drink blood. Peter knew this. And so Peter said, listen, they already think we're strange. You know, if, if we are going to impact and be different in this world, he said, then be respectful of the law. It will put you in good standing with the people around you who already think you're strange. So be respectful of them. And, and not only that, if you do that, it will, it will keep you safe. You know, it's, it's always good to know the law wherever you are. You know, a few years ago, Emily and I had the, had the opportunity to, to go to a conference over in in England, and so when we were over there, uh, I got up in the morning and I went on. I just you know went on one of my, my one of my morning jogs. Now, when I was running there, I ran outside and I, I was running on the street. You know, they have they have different traffic laws than we do, and one of their traffic laws is that they have for some reason they've decided to drive on the wrong side of the road. And so when I was over there, I would run, and when I'd cross the street, it's just it's just habit. You know, I cross the street because I'm thinking I'm still here. And so I would look left, right, and then left, and then I'd run. Okay, that doesn't work there uh, because the traffic's coming from your right. And so I was looking left, I'd look right and look left, and then I'd step out. And I remember I was running, and I was at a stoplight, and I was going across, and I just I, I ran out in the road, and there's a car that is blaring its horn at me, and a guy's yelling at me, and he's giving me the peace sign, almost. And I'm like, whoa. And, and so by the time I got to the end of my run, I figured out that the law was different. And so I changed, I changed my habit. Instead of looking left first, I started looking right first. I, I wanted to respect the law so that I'd be in good stead with the people. And not only that, but I would also live. Now, now Peter was not saying that you just follow the law even if it goes against the things of God. I mean, you can look at the, at the disciples in Scripture, and there were times when they would defy the law because it went against God's leadership and teaching. Acts 4, 18-20 is an example. It says, So they called for them, the disciples, and ordered them not to preach or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. They said, But we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now, in our context today, I I believe that Christians have the right and should exercise the right to be involved in decision-making, be be, uh, involved in the process in order to, to help change things in our society that go against God's teaching. I think we have every right to do that, and I think as responsible Christians, we should do that. But as I say that, I, I want to share this. My, my hope for this world to change and to be different, it, it, it's, not, it's not politics. Now, I'm a, this might surprise you. I am very, I am, and I, to my, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I was going to say strength, maybe not. I, I am very opinionated. Y'all might not know that. But I'm very. I have some thoughts on on who should 
who should be leading our country. I have thoughts about uh, particular uh, programs that I think ought to be in place, and I'm right. Okay, that's what I think. Okay, now I'm, I can be very opinionated, and if you ask, I'll share, and pr- probably too much. But the older I get, here's what I believe. That is not my primary purpose, nor is it yours. Our primary purpose should not be a party or a political party's agenda. It should be Jesus. Because it is only Jesus who will change a person's heart. It is only Jesus who will transform the life of a person. I have never seen a politician change the heart of a man. I have never seen Congress pass something that brought about revival. Because it doesn't happen. Only Jesus does that. And, if, and y'all, if we accept that and believe that and strive for that, you'll be different. You'll stand out from the rest of the world. So it, this is what Peter's saying. He says, as you're, as you're on this journey of life and you're going to be different, some travel tips for you. So realize you're a visitor. Respect the law. And then here's the last tip he gives. And respect others. Now verse 17. He says, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood of the Christians. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor your leadership. You know, we we are to honor all people. That word honor, it also means to respect. Now you can, some people have taken that to mean, here's what it means. You are to value and to uphold and see as equal every belief, custom, value, and religion. They're all equal. Okay, that, that's, that, that is not what it means to respect. What it means is you are to value people regardless of what they believe, what they value, and what they believe. And, and I'll be honest with you, with you, it is easier for me to honor and respect some people over others. You know, there's some people I'm like, yeah, it's easy for me to respect that person. Other people, I mean, it's just a real challenge. Yeah, I'm not going to honor that. Yeah, I'm not going to respect that. Yeah, but that's, that's, just, that's just my opinion. That's not, that's not what God teaches me. God says, I am to, if you look back in verse 17, honor, he says, everyone. That's what, now, why would he do that? Why would God tell us that? Because God values all people. Do you know that, that God made every person in his image? That's, that matters. Genesis 1, 27 says, God, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Now, there's an old saying that says God doesn't create junk, right? He doesn't. He creates people in the image of God. Now, what we have done is we come into this world, and then we take the junk of this world, and we apply it to our lives. And so we, what happens? We have some junky people. But that does not mean, because there are people whose lives are messed up, that we are not to value and to honor people and show them kindness and respect. Now, you, you have to remember the context. Peter is writing this to a group of people who are being persecuted because of their faith. And he says, honor all people. Honor the government. They're thinking, you've got to be kidding me. They're trying to kill us. Why would he say that? Well, there's a couple reasons why, but one of the reasons why because it's different. When, when you live like this, you are being separate 
from the way the world operates. And you will draw attention to Jesus when you live differently. It gives a testimony that your life is different. And it's amazing to me what happens when a person is valued and respected. It changes them. Oftentimes it will change the way they live. It will change the way they view you. And of all people who should value others, it should be us as believers. Because that's what Jesus has done for us. You know, we don't, we're not like a group of special people. We're just, we're just people. But God's, God's changed us because he values us. In Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, it says, For while we were still helpless, at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, in the 2000 Summer Olympics, and they were in Sydney, Australia, there was a, uh, the, the Olympic Committee gave a special like dispensation to this guy from Equatorial Guinea to swim in an Olympic in an Olympic race, the guy it was I mean no but he wasn't going to win he didn't he didn't qualify on his own they just wanted that country to have an Olympic experience, and so he was able to swim he he was swimming in a heat where there were, there was nobody else in the pools just him so he's all by himself huge crowd there watching and so his name was Eric Musambani, and uh, so he dives into the water he begins to swim he had just learned how to swim like six months before. So he's swimming, and a guy from AP said, watching him swim, it said it was gracefully inept. You know, that's kind for saying he's awful. And so he gets the water, he's swimming. His, his head never goes under the water when he's swimming. He's, he's just thrashing around, swimming the race, and he, he comes to the wall. You can pull it up on YouTube. Don't do it now. Uh, but he comes to the wall, and he's actually he's able to spin, and he's swimming. As, it's, a, it's a long way. I'm, I'm not a good swimmer, so I can identify with this guy. And so as he's coming to the end, he's just gassed. And like right before he gets to the finish, he just stops swimming. And he's just sort of treading water. And, and some of the people thought he's going to drown in the Olympic pool. And so they begin to cheer for him, and, and he's able to finish the race. And, and when he gets out, it's, I mean, it's, it's, he doesn't qualify for anything. But he gets out of the pool, and everybody in the crowd gives him a standing ovation. And they're just cheering for him. And so they interview him, and here's what he said. He said, I want to send hugs and kisses to the crowd. He said, it is your cheering that kept me going. You know, your, your words of encouragement and your kindness and your respect for others will change a person. It, there's people all around you who are so close to quitting, who are so close to giving up. But when you share encouragement and you give kindness to them, you can press them on. And not only that, it can, it can open up their hearts to the God that you serve, that you serve. And if you do that, you, you are different. You're going to be separate from the way the rest of the world lives. And so what I see here is, is Peter is giving some travel tips for us as we journey in this life. And some of you might say, I don't like to travel. I'm not, I don't want, I'm not traveling. Let me tell you something, you are, you're traveling right now. You are on the journey of life question is, how are you going to get through? How are you going to do? So Peter wanted us to be victorious as we travel through this life. He shared some 
tips to help us do well, to be separate from everybody else. He said, first of all, realize you're a visitor. You're just passing through here. So the next thing is respect the law and then respect others. So here's the final question. Are you living like a pilgrim or are you living like a permanent resident here? Now, I think some of us as believers, we are working so hard to accumulate stuff here. And we're accumulating so much stuff here, wanting to get so much stuff here, it makes it really hard to make the journey home. Because we're trying to carry all this stuff in this world that's temporary, and y'all, in the end, it's a waste of time. Are you living like a pilgrim, or are you living like a permanent resident? You might say, well, how how do I lighten my load? so that I can pack a little bit lighter as I go through the journey of this life. You know, I think one of the greatest things we can do is to put others first, to serve. You know, in our church, we do C4. And I could explain it, but I'm not going to. When the service is over, if you walk out right behind this wall, there's a big wall that says C4. There are four different areas of service where you can be involved in our community where you demonstrate the love of Christ by serving others so that others will see Jesus through you. Some of you need to do that. Lighten your load. Now, there might be others of you, and it could be that it's time for you to take up a new residence. You've been a permanent resident here, and you know you've learned as time has gone by, and this place just doesn't satisfy. But there is a God who has a place for you for an eternity. You might say, I I, I want a home there. No, I want heaven. And so you can do that. You can do that today. And reserve your place.